The desert is an inhospitable place that puts the creatures that live there through a gauntlet that challenges their will to survive. But some have developed amazing abilities that help them make the most of their seemingly desolate environment. But when you live in a place with a limited menu, it pays to have an adventurous palate in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm And today we're talking about a desert... Oh, we're talking about the desert ships that opened up the Trans-Sahara trade routes of the ancient world. But more on that later? No. I think so? No. Maybe a little bit? No, not even a little bit. Well, okay. I hate the ancient trade route. <laughs> That's such a strange thing to hate. <laughs> it's my pet peeve whenever, whenever anyone mentions the ancient trade world. I hate the Silk Road. <laughs> I hate the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. I hate the city of Philadelphia. Uh, the Greek city, not the not the U.S. city. The U.S. US city is great. The U.S. city is... If you're uh, a listener from there, leave a review. If you're a listener from the Greek city of Philadelphia, though, stop listening. Does that still exist? No. Good. I, okay. I, oh, yeah. I, I'm actually not 100% sure. But. If you're somehow listening through a time vortex from the past, I still kind of want a review. Yeah. Somebody needs to teach you how to write a review. Yeah. And not just like on stone tablets. I mean, they're listening through a time vortex to a podcast. I think they've got something figured out. Maybe they've stumbled upon it. Maybe they're looking through like this like ancient like magic pool of water and they're hearing... Maybe they found us on Stumble Upon, which would be a time vortex. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're talking about the dromedary camel. Okay. Not just any camel. No. Because there's only three. Yeah. And we're only talking about one of them. We're only going to talk about one of them. I'm not going to mention the one with two ho- uh, humps. Two hooves. They all have two hooves. At least two. At least two. Um, unless something horrible has happened. Um, <laughs> no, the dromedary camel is the one with one hump. The right. classic camel. Yes. The one that sells cigarettes to kids. <laughs> don't smoke cigarettes kids <laughs> more on that later but we're gonna call him here the dapper desert dromedary yeah the desert u-boat uh-huh and the hump master of the wells oh he's got a hump it's good and he's that's a deep cut reference yeah it's a this is a very deep cut reference to a magic card from a very specific era in order to get every single reference, you you have to do so much. You'd you have, have to, to play Magic. You have to watch Dawson's Creek. There, we have a significant amount of Dark Souls references. Yep. <laughs> if you've gotten every... Also Veggie Tales. Because we don't even get each other's all each other's references. If you get all of our references, you're something special. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you'd be our perfect friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about where this thing can be classified. Classify me, Captain. Or what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, uh, that's it's cla- oh, it's Carlos's declassified like school for imaginary friends or something. Yes, Carlos's <laughs> declassified school for imaginary friends. There are two references just there. <laughs> school for imaginary friends. <laughs> it's not even. I mean, I need my imaginary friends to know how to read. Oh, goodness. Uh, no, they don't, because they're imaginary. Um, the kingdom is, you like it, you love it, you're in it. You know it, you love it, you're in it. You like it, you love it, you gotta have it. It's Kingdom Animalia. You, one of those is correct, I yes. think. Um, or very close to correct. The phylum is Chordata. 
We're back to spines. Mm-hmm. Spines are good. They are. They support you. Sort of vertebrae. Yeah, it's good to have bones that are very supportive of all of the, you know your efforts and, and endeavors in, in life. Mm-hmm. If no one else supports you, your vertebra will. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really, like, that's a fun little inspirational thing, except for, like, in... Like where where terrible accidents are concerned, yeah. Most of the things we say are uh, they don't include the possibility of terrible, of terrible accidents. accidents. Yeah, um, the class is mammalia because it's a camel. <laughs> That's a horrible way to text <laughs> to classify things. <laughs> it's a mammal because it's a camel. It's got it's got fur and yeah, it's got four legs. It's got fur. It gives birth to live young and memory it glands. Yep. Um, we need. Should we start? No, that would be too much. At least for the order, maybe the classes, we have to like start identifying why something would be in Artiodactyla or yeah. why something would be in uh, Aves or something like that. Sometimes we do. Do we? I think we only do that for mammals. Okay. But let's branch out, you know? <laughs> um, order is Artiodactyla. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's not a class. It's actually an order. Artiodactyla is... Um, uh, even-toed ungulates. That's why I was confused. Yeah. Because, like, we always talk about how they're even-toed ungulates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the humpback whale is an even-toed ungulate. Yeah. And it's that's uh, unfortunate and impossible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the family is uh, Camelidae or Camelidae, uh, which would, uh, I guess if you're a camel salesman, means you're doing okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much they go for, but... It- I imagine or, or you're doing poorly. Maybe you're supposed to... Like, at least a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> Actually, probably like three bucks for a camel. Is that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like deer. Okay. Three deer. Uh, go into the weight of a camel? No, I'm saying like if you're trading. Oh, okay. You would yeah. trade three deer for a whole camel? Bucks? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the meat is equivalent. Maybe. If, maybe if you're doing it for meat. But I'm not like, trying to eat the camel. I want to ride away on yeah, the camel. Ca- camels are a You're lot... going to eat the, the the deer. Yeah, I feel like camels would be a lot more valuable than deer, just because they do a lot more. It depends on if you're hungry. True, true, true. But you can also eat the camel. I feel like it would be gross. Hmm. I'd rather eat the three deer. Anyway. <laughs> you'd, rather... <laughs> you'd either eat this whole camel or all three of these bucks uh so the other members of the family camelidae or camelidae are llamas and alpacas and other things but you haven't heard of them so the genus is camelus or camelus okay so we're, we're honing it in here and the species dromedarius so camelus dromedarius is the binomial nomenclature for this schnazzy bloke so let's talk about where it lives let's do that that it lives primarily in northern Africa, exactly where you think it would live. Yeah, the desert. And the Arabian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So, like, Egypt, Libya, Morocco, Yemen, Oman, other countries that are up there. <laughs> yeah. Saudi Arabia, definitely. Dromedary camels have not existed in the wild for nearly 2,000 years. They have all been captured, killed, or domesticated. Mostly that last part. So, any that are free-roaming are still domesticated so they're not the or feral and there's a significant feral portion in western australia which we just talked about last episode Hmm. just it's a desert things that like deserts like western australia true so but 
We'll, we'll focus on Northern Africa and the Arabian Peninsula. Yes. Which is, I guess, East Asia. West Asia is what I meant to say. So let's talk about what this thing's... Oh, wait. We almost forgot the best part of the show. Because <laughs> we were in the business of naming things, so we need to name the collective noun. Yeah. In a little section that I like to call critter groups, where I post Joe a question. I may have forgotten this. I hope you have. Um, the same the same question is asked every time, and that's what is the name of the collective noun for this animal, or what is the name of a group of this animal? Mm-hmm. The animal being the dromedary camel. So, what is the name of a group of dromedary camels? Is it A? A carton. Darn it, you got to right off the bat. Can you see through <laughs> my paper? <laughs> Just kidding, you're wrong. The A, a is caravan. Mm-hmm. Caravan of camels. B is troop. A troop of camels. Which I did last time. (laughs) (laughs) C is march. A march of camels. And then D is stand. A stand of camels. It was a caravan. What? Caravan. Was that it? Is that it? I'm not saying. That's that's my answer. Final answer? Yeah. Yes. It's a caravan. I think I got it right the first time. Are we we announcing that we... (laughs) This is the second time we've done this show? Well, we are doing my episode twice in a row. And we talked about it before, how we, there were some technical difficulties. Okay. But the camel is back. You almost missed it. It's, it's <laughs> the now. camel is back. <laughs> yeah, we had some technical difficulties. We lost the camel episode, so now we are re-recording it, which means the critter groups is just But I think useless. you got it right the first time. We'll never know. But I did not, and none of those sounded like, like fun to me. Besides caravan. They don't sound like fun? A march of camels? That sounds fun. That sounds like a, pain, a march of the penguins. <laughs> That's penguins not a live in marches. Or stand. That just sounds... Sometimes the normal ones are the are the most deceptive. Yeah. So let's talk about what the dromedary camel looks like in case you've never seen anything before ever. Um, the dromedary camel is essentially a short, droopy-necked giraffe sure it has a large body with four thin legs because it's a mammal four mm-hmm. legs the back legs fold inward so it it can like sit down really easily um and it moves both legs on the same side at the same time so a horse will move its right hoof its right front hoof forward right hoof left stomp got it and then yeah <laughs> right right hoof left stomp yeah right right front hoof left back hoof yes so it moves catty corner every time it goes forward uh but the dromedary camel will move its entire right side yep both both legs on its right side and then both legs on its left side like a weirdo like us because That's true. we only have two legs yeah <laughs> but oh but we, we we even swing our arms opposite though right and i think we talked about this when we were <laughs> Uh, first time around first time around Um, if you're crawling on all fours you tend to do what the horses do Mm -hmm. which is to put your right hand forward and then put your left knee forward at the same time Mm -hmm. and then instead of your because yeah it would be difficult to just pick up your right hand and right knee and like move it all forward yeah and then so that must make for a very bumpy ride yeah swaying back and forth which is probably why they're always depicted Swaying back and forth. Mm-hmm. So the ca- the camel has a long snake-like neck that 
droops down in a U shape, which is why I call them desert U boats. Mm. So it droops down and then it comes up, rises up to support the head, which rarely is suspended that much further above the hump. So I've never seen a picture of a camel that has raised its head up like a giraffe. But I have seen a picture of a camel that has straightened its neck out. Like straight out like a hyena, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's got a relatively long neck. Oh, yeah. They, even when they're like reaching for stuff, it still goes forward a little bit and then straight up. So, yeah. Like, so like there's still like this curve up rather than going straight up over their shoulders. Yeah. So they must, their shoulders must prevent them from being able to do that. So let's talk about its face. It has a deeply contented smile on its face at all times. Good. It kind of just looks like, yeah, I'm peeing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a sloth. It's a little, it's a little smug. Interesting. And th- that face is is long, and it looks kind of like a horse's or a llama's, or it's, a, it's got a long, long face. It has those crazy lips that it can use to grab things that are like split. And it can are almost prehensile where they can grab like leaves or food from your hand or whatever. So it's pretty crazy. Uh-huh. Um, it has big eyes, keen vision, and long eyelashes to keep sand out. That's cute. Is it? I don't think they're cute. I think they're <laughs> smug. <laughs> they have uh, black skin with brown fur all over. Yeah. And uh, they have lightly, slightly lar- longer fur on their throats, shoulders, and humps. And uh, so they're also uh, a di- they're also digitigrades, which I think I said that right. Uh-huh. Uh, digitigrade, which means it walks on its toes. So maybe this should be a know the difference. Know the difference. Okay. The segment of the show that sometimes isn't here, which is a lot of the time. Yeah, because you need it sometimes. Yes. Um, so a digitigrade is an animal that walks on its toes. Its heels are perpetually in the air. That's like dogs, cats, birds, and camels. Mm-hmm. So the part that actually touches the ground is only its toe, and the rest of it that goes f- there, there is going to be a heel section that rises up. So that between the heel and the part that touches the ground is the foot. Okay. Um, then you have an ungulagrade, which is like horses and deer, and they don't stand on their toes; they stand on their toenails, and the rest of their foot and toe are above, are off the ground. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, but it looks so normal. They make it look so normal. So that means that like uh, a, a horse's hoof is not its foot. That's its toenail. Yeah. And then it has a, and then its toe is the little part that you would call its entire foot. It's got like an ankle thing there, but that's just its toe. And then the rest of it is its foot, which is bananas. Um, and then the last one is plantigrade, which is bears and humans. Because we put our heels and toes on the ground. Right. So, digitigrade is toe on the ground, heel in the air. Ungulagrade is nails in the ground, everything else in the air. Plantigrade, toes and heels on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we plant our feet. Yeah. Uh, So, but the camel is a digitigrade. So, it has uh, a partially cloven hoof that's covered in in skin and... uh, that serves as its toes. Uh, they also have, and I would be remiss without no- noting, their characteristic hump. Because mm. they're camels. Yes. Um, it, they're filled with water for them to drink at their leisure during desert treks. Like a camel pack. Which is wrong. Yeah. 
That's wrong. I mean, it's not like a sack full of water. No. Um, but it is filled with cells that specifically store energy and can store water. Um, Fat cells. To avoid starvation and dehydration. But they can't just like... Stick a straw in you it. You can't just drink that water. Yeah. <laughs> it just staves off um, dehydration for a while. Um, but using, if they have to tap into it to store, to, to get the stored energy, it actually dehydrates them. If, if you think about it, like people that have more fat on their bodies can store water better. Yeah. But it also makes them spend water because they're carrying all that extra weight. So if you have a fat pocket on a place that's strategic to carry it well, like where you can, where you can carry the weight well, like on the back of a camel. It's like you have a massive growth of both worlds. You have a massive growth of fat coming out of you, but you wear it well. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that makes sense because if they had that fat distributed throughout their whole body, they would overheat in the desert. Yes. So it's good to have it on a place that's not like crowding any vital organs. It's just on their back. So they can run about 12 miles an hour. Camel. Oh, wait. Want to talk about like how big it is? Yes. You just got to interject. <laughs> Okay, here's the listener's favorite part of the show until proven otherwise, with data. Um, it's the part of the show where I give Carlos a quiz to convey the animal's size and dimensions in re- relatable terms. I'm going to try to remember what I answered last time. And we're going through this again. It's also the part of the show where you introduce this sh- the, the segment. By submitting your own measure up intro to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. Sometimes, though, sometimes there is no submission. So we go to the animal kingdom for help. And when we don't have a, a measure up intro and we go to the animal kingdom, we get to play a little fun game where Carlos guesses what animal this is. Maybe we'll switch off at some point. Um, if we make it too fun, nobody's going to send in measure ups because they want to try yeah. to guess what the animal is. Yeah, it's a little fun little game, but it, the, sometimes these noises are weird and gross. So here we go. What animal is making this sound? Weird, uncomfortable, gross. What sound, What is making that sound? Do I have multiple choice? Sure. Is it a fish in a bucket? Is it a stingray flapping up against a boat? Is it a horse doing the Fleming response with its lips? Or is it a kitten just mewing? Mewing? Yeah. Hmm. That's a- I definitely thought there would be a more obvious answer among those. I'm going to say horse. It is a horse. Flapping its gums. Anyway. Just talking up a storm. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the male's height. They're about 1.8 to 2 meters or 5.9 to 6.6 feet at the shoulder. Uh, Let's call it an even 6 feet. How many camels go into the distance between us right now in South Florida and the West Sahara as as the crow flies? Oh, yeah, I definitely don't remember what the answer to this one was. Well, maybe the hint will jog your memory. The Sahara, the Sahara Desert is similar in size to China in the United States. I do remember that hint. I think I was pretty close with this one. I think I said 4,000 miles. Okay. 
So then, uh, got to do this again. <laughs> Four thousand times five thousand, ish, is um twenty million, which is feet. So I now I got to divide that by six, mm-hmm. which is about three point two million. Three point two million. The Sahara West. Uh, the Sahara is. Or between us and the Sahara is four thousand two hundred and twelve miles. Yeah, and the answer is three point seven. Okay, yeah, million camels. I do remember getting that one pretty close. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the weight of a male. It's between four hundred and six hundred kilograms, or eight hundred and eighty and thirteen twenty pounds. Let's call it an even thousand. How many camel cigarettes go into the weight of a camel? Oh, yeah, I remember this one. I drastically overestimated the weight of a cigarette. So, here's a hint. More than 480,000 people die each year because of diseases caused by smoking cigarettes. Don't smoke, children. I don't. It's not good for you. I've picked up cigarette butts at, like, a park to clean up. That's the most honorable way to pick up a cigarette. Um, cigarettes are really light. Otherwise, the people who smoke them would be really strong. (laughs) And they're famously not strong. (laughs) It's a 25-pound cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) I used to smoke a pack a day. Burned 7,000 calories. (laughs) Um, well, they're, I'm going to say they're an ounce. Yeah. So they're one-sixteenth of a pound. So I'm going to say 16,000. Because there are a thousand pounds in this in this in this boy, <laughs> in this camel boy. Okay. And I'm and I'm saying it's an ounce, which is one sixteenth of a pound. So, sixteen thousand. Four hundred and eighty-three thousand five hundred and ninety-two. It's way less than an ounce. Again. Yeah, <laughs> you said an ounce last time. Did I'm I really? Sure, yeah. Oh goodness gracious. An ounce just seems like the lightest thing ever. This is the problem with the imperial system. That is the lightest unit of uh, uh, weight that we have. No, there's like milligrams, micrograms. Those are metric. Oh, oh, in the imperial system. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the lightest unit is just the... And same with inch. Inch is really big. Yeah. For the for the smallest. Well, we have millimeters. Unit. I mean, no. I no, guess we don't. We don't. <laughs> I guess we, our inch rulers just use all... It's They're, they're both... Yeah. Keep thinking. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking of a better system that Um, is more precise. Yes, but Fahrenheit's still better. Is it? Yeah. No, because Celsius goes from zero to a hundred. Yeah, but like the difference between Celsius to boiling in the range where humans live. Yeah, it is more precise. Yeah. Anyway, I go Kelvin anyway. (laughs) What are you a science man? I'm. I'm. Fahrenheit and Celsius are too mainstream. That's what I got for measure up. Okay. Well, then let's return to the desert. Okay. Where the dromedary camel lives. So they're mostly riding animals. And like I said, they can uh, run up to 12 miles an hour, which is slow and disastrously slow and embarrassingly slow, which is slower than me. Not in the desert, but (laughs) on like a track or something. I suppose I could run faster. Um they're either riding animals or they're beasts of burden. They're very strong, hardy, and they don't tire easily, and they're good at desert. Mm-hmm. They desert well. Um, and they also wear it well. <laughs> yep. 
they're also milked and eaten, although they're only eaten in certain areas and under drastic circumstances. Kind of like horse. Yeah. It's like you got to be weird or desperate to eat a horse. <laughs> or French. Do they eat horses on the regular? They used to. I don't know about today, but they used to. Like, like in the in, in the wartime? 20th century, they did. Under siege? I don't know <laughs> what the circumstances were. I just knew they used to eat them. I watched a documentary. Yeah, I imagine that um, if like trying to catch a trying to catch a horse is difficult, so that's why there are still wild horses. Uh-huh. But trying to catch a camel sounds pretty easy, especially if you're on a horse. But they can push you down. Be like, get away from me. They don't like to push. They like to spit. <laughs> They'll spit you down. <laughs> just this this one ounce thing of spit hits you in the face, which is apparently really heavy. Sounds are heavy. Yeah. That's all I got. Let's jump right into the majorest of facts in this episode. That's creepy. <laughs> Thank you. It's not a creepy fact. I don't know why I did that. Uh, it is creepy. Well, it's a little creepy if you watch it, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to think about doing this. Okay, let's think about doing this. Okay. Camels seem like a fairly mundane and well-known animal, but they're extremely well adapted to life in the desert. And as we've learned on this show, things that live in harsh climates have some pretty amazing survival features. Everyone knows about their extra storage of water, but did you know they have special mouths? Yeah, weird weird lip thingies that grab Even things. more special. What? Uh, <laughs> camels have tough mouths that are coated in something called papillae. Uh, camel- we've that before. We did. When we did this episode, <laughs> um, camel papillae are cone-shaped protrusions in their gums and cheeks. No, the hairy frog has papillae. Yes, he does. Uh, papillae are made of keratin, like hair, horns, and fingernails, but they, they're more like plastic textured in a camel. Um, they also have tough plates, pa- pallets on the roof of their mouth that they use their teeth to grind against. So when you see a camel, you will see very, like, strong lower teeth. And sometimes their, like, top teeth are janky, jagged, um, missing. From disuse. But I'm sure they use it to rip stuff off of trees. But when it comes to chewing, they're using the bottom teeth and the, the roof of their mouths, which are tough. Just grinding their teeth against the roof of their mouth. Yeah. Ugh. Um, these interesting oral features allow them to eat tough desert plants and even cactuses when they're in a pinch. There's a video on YouTube of two camels munching on prickly pear cactuses with six inch spines designed to stab would be assailants. Uh, but camels aren't immune to cactus stabs, but they are uniquely capable of eating them when they need to. The papillae guide food toward the throat like a sarlacc pit and the like Boba Fett in a sarlacc pit. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, when eating a cactus, camels use their papillae to lay the spines flat and vertical to go down their throats, which helps avoid injury. I still feel like you'd be injured somehow. They're good at it. Just open right back up in your stomach or larynx. Doesn't, I mean, they do, probably squish them down. They chew it. It doesn't go down your larynx. It goes down your esophagus. <laughs> uh, wild dromedary camels don't encounter prickly pear cactuses in the Middle East, but they do come across tough and thorny desert plants. Um, humans also have papillae in their mouths, 
Um, ours are located in the back of our tongues uh, and throats. They're they're usually located near taste buds. They're closely associated with taste buds, um, and they aren't produced. They're not as pronounced as camels, but they help us to grip food uh, and increase surface area in our tongues. So it's so all the stuff can, on your tongue. Yeah, especially towards the back. They're like raised bumps in the back. Hmm. But they help you like position food better. Otherwise, food would be slipping around your mouth like crazy, and you'd be like trying to like, you know, you'd have to move your shake head. your head around to get it in the <laughs> right spot. <laughs> oh, that would be awful if you had this like really like smooth tongue. <laughs> um, but the camels in the video online are that like camels don't enjoy this. Most camels. They they would like they would prefer not to eat something that was gonna try and stab them. Yeah, cacti- cactuses are not ideal. But these particular camels in this video love these cactuses. So they're masochists. Every time he puts like they put it the their owner puts it down, they're like they're down to eat it. They're masochists. Yeah, mas they they're, they're masticating mas- masochists. Perfect. Uh, Yes. <laughs> you held your shoulder like, like it pained it you pains to say me. that. Yeah. Like you lost some of your power with that pun. Uh, but that's all I got. All right. That is the dromedary camel. Bet you thought you knew everything about the camel. And now you really do know everything about the camel. So for you out there in podcastia, float like a butterfly and spit like a camel in life, death, and taxonomy. <laughs> okay. Eating your food is so easy. You know what else is easy? Showing your appreciation for life, death, and taxonomy. Just leave a review on your favorite podcasting app, and also give us a little bit of a subscribe if you don't mind. Lastly, we would love to hear your Measure Up intro. Just record it with your phone's recording app, memos app, whatever you got, and send it to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and engaging. podcast (laughs) eating your food is so easy you know what else is easy leaving a review for life death and taxonomy all you have to do oh i'm not prepared for this i can't tell people how to leave a review across a billion different apps